This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Question time on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise. David Martin, email. When Hutchie questions or suggests that a coach could have done better by the club by manipulating the results, shh, tanking, is he doing it to get a rise out of the other commentators, that is, for the theatre of the TV, or is he genuine? I thought you might have asked me this on the main body because I got uh, a fair bit of angst about this over the last few days. So glad you've asked the question, David, after the Monday night stoush on TV. There was nothing theatrical in that particular exchange. I just took the other view and asked the question. Tanking's a hard thing to have a conversation about, but let's try again. I don't know why I bothered. Because you either have it or you don't have it, Hutchie. And and I think it's a valid question from David. So you tried to use the tanking word, but then ran away from it. No. What? Where do you start here? Sports teams spend more time than they admit in the AFL world contemplating the benefit or otherwise of playing your best team in the last four weeks of the season. Ross Lyon on your show last night talked about how he played, had 15 or 16 or 17 out of the game on two occasions. That's not tanking. That's just minimising. Get to your point. You, you, you accused Adam Simpson of tanking. No, I didn't. No, there is, Nathan Buckley did and you followed him in. There is trying your very best in play. Players try to win every game all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. You're, like, pa- you're paddling here, Hutchie. The players are exempt. It's unlike you to not have an answer. Uh, let's move on then. If you're not going to let me answer the question. But coaches do make decisions that limit their possibility of winning, but prepared to live with a win if they win, right? As what else they did on the weekend. But there's no one wants to talk about it publicly. It's seen as this taboo thing and everyone's talking about it privately. So I just talked about it publicly. I think you're so obsessed with the athlete in the US sports system that it doesn't translate to Australian sport. The, the, way, the way it does, like the, the prize for the NBA first pick in the draft is immense. It's immense because a first pick in a in a basketball team where there's five players on court per team, I know there's, there's reserves, so to speak, but there's only five players on court. You can transform your entire franchise on the back of one pick. You don't transform your entire existence yeah, so in the that, AFL world. That's a very uh, strong argument and one I respect. Yeah, but you then, I mean, you, you did say that Adam Simpson effectively tanked with that loss to, or, or not trying to, to win in that game against Essendon. And then two weeks later, when they beat the Western Bulldogs, you said he sabotaged the team by winning. No, I didn't say sabotage well, the team by winning. No, well, I didn't. Don't I, put words in my mouth. You said he I made his situation that. worse. Yeah, I, what I said at the time that they... And then you also said Alistair Clarkson oh, should have should have oh, rested Nick Larky. You you just say what I said and we'll move on. If you're not going to give if you don't want to have a conversation about it, you're paraphrasing me inappropriately. Did you not say Nick Larky should have been put out to pasture? For no, North I was Melbourne? asked the question by Matthew if how would they have done it if they didn't want to maximise their chances of winning. One of the ways in the planning that they could have not maximised their chance of winning was to put Nick Larky out a couple of weeks earlier if he wasn't in the running for the Coleman, which he was, and they had a moral bound. Uh, duty to him. But how's that go with Nick Larkey, who's trying his best every single Players week? Players always going to try their best to win. That's the whole argument. I, I feel like I'm talking to... I don't think you've mounted this case too well, to be honest with you. I feel like your ears are painted on. Ash Oaks via email, RE, the Four Corners investigation, the silence reported by Louise Milliquin, uh, Milligan. Hi all. Regarding AFL players coming out publicly as gay, I don't recall a player holding a presser to announce that they're heterosexual. I don't understand the narrative that anyone needs to come out to the public. People are who they are. A bloke being a bloke shouldn't be any more of a story than a bloke being a woman. Real equality is everyone feeling and being treated the same. I'd love to hear your opinions on this. Well, you, you, I bet you I know what you're going to say. You're going to say you haven't watched it, aren't you? I haven't watched it. Yeah, of course. 
It didn't stop you having watching it, giving you all Australian team on uh, AFL.com, uh, oh. AFL Daily, even though you do, you've Let's get back to Ash Oaks's question. To Ash's he? question, I, I can understand the question perfectly well. I agree, Ash. No one needs to do a press conference about their sexuality. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. No one needs to do a press conference about their... There are, there are people I've known a, my, my whole life, Hachi, who, who are happy who, with who they are. They don't feel the need for the whole entire world to, to know who they are. Um, I don't know what that piece was. I, I sat through it. I, I get it. I get why Louise thinks it's an issue. I get why the ABC thinks it's an issue. But I, I can't imagine a better workplace right now than the an AFL football club for, for a person if he or she wanted to come out publicly. And that has already happened in the in the, in the conf- workplace. In the confines of AFL yeah. clubs already. I mean we And their no, colleagues are yeah. very comfortable. So it's, it's such a non issue. It is a, such a non issue. It's a zero issue. Now, in terms of being uh, diverse and inclusive and equality, it, there are some people who feel the need or or do need to tell their story. Danielle Ladley is a good example. Danielle Ladley, I'm sure, was proactive on the stand documentary and wanted to tell her story. It wasn't rang and asked and hmm. cornered into doing it. Wanted to actually inspire, share her story. And also says up. football saved her life. And so that's fantastic. Each to their own. Hmm. Why do we care about... I don't. Yeah. And, and that's not... You don't care about the person. I don't care for, for the person yep. not going public with what it is Me that too. others want them to do. And I just... Bastion via email yeah. says, I noted with interest comments by Peter Credlin, who's Damo's, of course, uh, closest confidant in the Australian, that described the RMIT fact-check lab as a sinister use of so-called fact-checking to deny legitimate debate. And then there's a reference point to the story, which is it's great. My question is, given Damo's extensive connections to Peter Credlin through his brother, Mini Damo, and close personal friend, Tony Abbott, is he actually the mastermind behind the campaign to discredit the RMIT Fact Lab, <laughs> owing to its previous work in criticising the factual contents yes. of Damo's statements yes. through the RMIT Fact Check Unit? Wasn't Bastion's sh- a question of the year. <laughs> wasn't sure where Bastion was going there, but I like where Bastion ended up. Yep. Uh, Bastion, we will refer you back to the main body of the sounding board where you had a little chat about it. And yes, I'm very interested in the RMIT Fact Lab being discredited at least through the eyes of Meta because they didn't have their badge from the International Fact-Checking Agency. I'll refer you back there. Uh, Tim S. Email. Other than taking a helicopter to Sorrento, what are the least financial responsible things you've done under the guise of work? (laughs) That's going back 20 years, actually, that video of the Western Bulldogs tipping you into the water. So as a media owner or CEO of a media business and a part owner, those days we make extremely aggressive commercial responsible decisions. When I it was other people's money back in the day, <laughs> 20 years ago, yeah. I may have taken a trip here or there, Damon. There's a couple that spring to mind. The Ben Cousins trip was probably a little bit of a luxury in hindsight when I could have spent it. To LA? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think uh went to, to Ireland for two weeks to cover the Gaelic tour on two occasions. That would have been, I'm sure, expensive for the network. Went to Montevideo twice for Uruguay to cover the Socceroos, and I had no experience of covering soccer. Is that when you got the wrong soccer player's name? Or was that another? That one? was the, uh, yep, in the first one of those. Yep. <laughs> so there we. Yeah, you. Uh, well, again, I, I refer a couple of times on this show to the the twice I've managed to go to South Africa for yep. AFL reasons. Yep. I don't know how that happened. Once Someone in nineteen, paid. once in nineteen ninety eight, uh, Fremantle yep. played the Brisbane Lions then, as it was in Cape Town. 
And then a second experience of that, 2000 and let's go with seven, um, another Collingwood, Adelaide, someone else when, was there. Yeah. When you were our head of news here yeah. in the old Croc Media days, I remember saying to you a couple of times, when it comes to buying stories for journalism, <laughs> if it's our money, defend, no cashier, Robbo. <laughs> if it's their money, attack. See, you Tony, like it's all about. You have volunteered that. I wouldn't have volunteered on your behalf. No, attack been that it's a network decision on whether they price it accordingly, but we don't, we can't and don't. <laughs> You're a good but spender I'm, of I'm other people's money, well, aren't you? It's their choice. <laughs> um, Anthony Leach on X, as it uh, is these days. Susie O'Brien has carved out her own beat, covering every nook and cranny with regards to private schools. Has the Verity score for private schools been a surprise to both of you? It's, yeah, a, it's a good point Anthony raises. Yeah, There's clearly a lot of click elements. First of all, of- I just want to be respectful of the current situation and tragedy at Melbourne Girls Grammar as I answer this. So thoughts are with everyone. I'm not, I'm not even aware of what you're and, talking about there. And all students affected or afflicted. I do think the interest in private schools from a clickbait perspective before this unfortunate time and incident, has, yeah, you're right, has never been higher. I don't know whether that's driven by... Is it is it uh, driven by jealousy of, of? I think it's a mix of, um, or, or is it the private school parents? The haves and haves generally nots. pretty very invested in their kids and yeah. the other parents as a community, and that drives consumption. But there's also, you know, it's probably a little bit like so. That's that world, and then I think there's a little bit of what getaway with such a great TV show is. If you look at holidays you'd never go on, and for some people in tough economic times, there's a bit of voyeurism. Is what are those idiots in the private schools up to? So. That's again removing the current tragedy. Yep. So that's I think that's a fair. I reckon it does have a good verity reading though when it comes down to it, Anthony. You want to read that one from Michael Hutchie? How many litres of Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil would Damo go through in a typical week? <laughs> yeah. um, a fair bit, although I go through a whole lot more when the footy season's finished when I actually do get more serious about my cooking yep. in that little uh, ten week period. I've a delivery for you. Have you? Mm. Oh, good. Yeah, Jane. I think Jane's already got it, by the way. The Cobram Estate Delivery. It's been organised for Damo, so... I'm looking forward to that. I, I do go through a lot and Darcy, went through... Darcy, Jane is uh, your guy, and he's got that ready for Damo. There's been... I reckon Jane had that. I was acting as though she doesn't have it, and I think she's probably snaffled it. I was in Perth, our Perth office. Right, today, our Perth office. It had already arrived in our Perth office, so it's, we've been able to ship it over. Look at Jane. There, she's now smiling. She's up to something with that. I reckon she she's taken it. Uh, Jez via X said, thoughts on the age footy influencers list? Oh, well, hang on. This is a question close to home. Where does Damo think... Uh, he would rank and vice versa. Oh, so we're doing another, what, top most important people, are we? Should Kane have his votes excluded given a clear conflict of interest? <laughs> There's a top 50 in the age. Is there? Well, we're doing another influencer. Yeah. How, how many lists can we do, actually? I have a little bit of insight into this. I shouldn't probably share this, but I will. Yeah, go for it. Well, it more, do, you think, do you think the top 50 in the age was entirely... Nameless independent votes, or do you think there was a touch of Caro Roscoe Dinning <laughs> late in the process? I just asked a question for those to uh, <laughs> contemplate out there. Yeah. In fact, well, uh, without without any knowledge, has there ever been a list formed where there hasn't been a bias attached to it? Ever? 
Because what happens is the lists get done and then the politics kick in. Oh, well, when News Limited does one, you've got Michael Miller and yeah. Robert Thompson and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, haven't you? I mean, you've got them on those lists and no one... Haven't you? I remember when the AFL.com did one and they left out an influential commissioner. Yeah. And that caused... That did go. Yeah. That was before I started there. That, that didn't go down well, that one. <laughs> uh, Callum Thomas X, has the warming of BT gone too far? His own podcast clips fill my TikTok feed and now a Dylan Friends app. Oh, no. Is he on Dylan Friends? Is he? Could he now be beginning to overcook or is this a play for Bruce's vacant job at the Olympics? He's definitely going through a reinvent phase, Brian, isn't he? There's a warm, 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 warming going on. <laughs> the, to use your language, the warming's caught fire. Oh, the, pardon the uh, cliche. But uh, if he's done Dylan Friends, I expect that to be given a thorough uh, Yeah, analysis. we should. Yeah. We should, yep. Um, when are you going to go on Dylan Friends? Uh, I don't actually. Why would I go on that? He did ask me once, but I can't. I can't I'm, yep. so, I'm boring, Hutchie. Have you been on, haven't you? Yep. Yeah. Xavier Fowler. Don't think I've ever seen Hutchie on the back foot. I didn't realise it was about this, Hutchie. As badly as he was on Footy Classified, looked like the English cricket team circa 2013 <laughs> 14 with Mitchell Johnson bowling thunderbolts yep. at them. Helmet on Hutchie. Yep. That's a good question. Fair call. You can't have a rational, mature conversation with anyone about game management or tanking in 2023 because everyone takes a different view publicly than what they're prepared to do privately. So I was just had enough. Hachi, I don't think you won that one with Lordo and Kane. Oh, no, I didn't. I got, I got sorted. And yep. that's uh, a fair question. Is it the worst call of the year, you reckon, you mate? No, because that's just how I felt and feel. But it, it's an unpopular boat to row. Corey Mackay, last one, Facebook. Did the return of Damo's dish influence Peter Dutton's recent appearance on Kitchen Cabinet? You did. <laughs> Peter Credler was on the phone. Damo, it's a good idea. You got any contacts? You couldn't connect me to Cobram Estate on email. That's what happened. Will you go on Annabelle Crabbe's Kitchen Cabinet? I, I, I reckon you're big enough. I know be, you're not a politician, but you play politics. I think I'd be the least relevant person ever invited, so I'd say no. That is the sounding board questions of the week for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to cook in the kitchen, choose to DrinkWise. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Questions with Hachi and Damo. Send us your questions via Twitter or Facebook at Sounding Board EP. Hit the sign up button on Facebook to receive our weekly email and subscribe to, rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. 